Hello there. Thanks so much for coming back and listening to Enlightened by Aoife yet again. Um, so today I kind of want to talk about a few different things. I kind of want to talk about um, our core beliefs or whether they're negative core beliefs that we've developed. Um, the internal critic that we have. It's almost like a, di- a dialogue backing up this core belief and our inner child. I know a lot of us will be like, yeah, but I'm an adult now. But we all have that child inside of us that went through life and experienced life and perceived things in different ways. And a lot of the time it's like to do with conditioning. Um, We talk about child modes and parent modes. Our parent modes don't necessarily mean our parents. And I think that this has held me back from talking about this topic for quite some time because... I don't want to make my parents feel a certain way, but that's not the case. Like I talked a lot about this in something called schema therapy. This is where we look at the child that was present and we recognize, okay, this was our vulnerable child mode. This was our scared child mode. This was our guilty child mode like and there's so many different types and there's a really good book that I would recommend it's called breaking negative thinking patterns if you're interested in healing your inner child or even learning more about this and learning about like how you punish yourself and how you are there to show up to protect and guide that inner child I would highly recommend this book obviously it doesn't replace therapy like if you need to work through some of these core beliefs. Like I would recommend going to therapy to do it because it can be awfully hard to do it by yourself. Um, a lot of times when you're kind of healing your inner child, it can be very difficult because you're going back into memories that can be quite traumatic for some of us. Like a lot of these, um, these emotive events, they can um, present themselves in their day-to-day life. For example, like I'm dyslexic. I, I tell everyone that I'm dyslexic because like when I was younger, um, teachers used to think that I was not applying myself, that I wasn't putting in any effort, that I wasn't trying, um, that I was stupid. And the funny thing is like a lot of people say, oh, in this day and age, it's different. But I still experienced that. Um, I still experienced like teachers pulling me up on things that I couldn't really control and then obviously going into adulthood I doubted my ability like I felt like I needed to work harder in college than everyone else I felt like I needed to prove everyone wrong like I needed to be perfect in order to be good enough and so I needed to go back and try and figure out, okay, where did this start? Like, how long have I carried this? And how long has this wounded my inner child? And it stems right back into, like, into primary school, early primary school. Um, I actually just requested my school reports and it's showing up in my primary school reports. This is something that I carried with me the whole time. Like, I have to fight the urge not to send emails because I know that it takes a huge amount of effort to me to write the email, proofread the email, make sure that any words that I'm doubting I have to go check. Like, well, 
it would be a lot easier for me to just write the email and accept the fact that I'm dyslexic. And if autocorrect doesn't necessarily correct a few words, I tried my best. But instead I overthink it. And then it becomes this big task that I need to do rather than something that should only take maybe five or ten minutes. And then I went into work and... Uh, the first few jobs I had was were fine, but then I had one particular boss, um, who I just felt picked on everything I did that was remotely wrong or not to their liking, um, and this triggered this all over again, and it's now much more of a big thing than it needs to be, and I I'm aware of this, and I've gone back being like Eva, I know you don't feel good enough in this situation, but. As long as you try your best and your intentions are pure, you're good, you're, you're good enough. You're more than enough. And at the start, that felt really, really foreign for me. That felt really difficult to do because, if I'm quite honest, I didn't believe it. I was conditioned that my core belief was, oh, you're not clever, you're never going to be good enough. So to challenge that, I had to go and be the healthy parent to stand by that wounded child and go, little Aoife, or let's just say it that way, little Aoife, I know you feel this way, but you are more than good enough. Once you try your best and you know that your intentions are pure, you are more than good enough. Don't doubt your ability. Um, another thing that I used to do is I used to print out quotes and put them on my bedroom wall or I would save them to my screensaver. So if there was a particular problem that I was going through or if there's a, pr- a particular problem that I noticed kept arising, um, I would challenge that belief because I knew that I had, I had two options. I could either surrender into believing that I was not good enough and then that spirals into a life where I'm like, why would I even try? Because I know my best is not good enough, so what is the point of me even trying? And I know that that feeds into my depression. So I chose not to do that. I chose to pick the harder option into challenging that every day and asking myself, why am I not good enough? How can I be good enough? How can I accept myself for who I am? And I'm not going to lie, it's not an easy road to do. But if you want to be fulfilled and you want to live a life that you're proud of and be a person that you show up for yourself every day, um, you challenge those core beliefs. I've, uh, like I say, I go through, I've been through a lot of therapies and I fall down from time to time, as we all do, but it's about picking yourself back up and looking at, okay, what tripped me up this time? What made me fall down this time? And a lot of the times, if we don't deal with our core beliefs, if we don't deal with these things that are wounding us constantly and that we're conditioned to believe are wrong with us, they will continue to trip us up. They will continue to drag us down. And to be quite frank, I don't want to be dragged down by myself anymore. I I want to live the best life that I can possibly live. Um... And I really want that for you. Like, I want that for everyone. Why not? Why can't we all live up to our full potential? And why, especially in Ireland, are we conditioned to make ourselves small to fit in? So I challenge you to be your big, bold, brave self. Um, 
because I would love to see it and I would love that for you. Those who know me know that I'm not the most normal person. I've never been the most normal person. Um, I would do things without thinking and then be like, oh my God, did I actually just do that? Um, most recent was I was rapping and I was loving life. I was just rapping away. Um, I don't know if you call it rapping now, but I was attempting to rap. And I recorded a video of myself just having fun. And I looked at the video and I was like, I'm going to post that on my story. And I posted it on my story and I was like, do you know what? Why not? Why not? And then I had people message me being like, Eva, like, what are you at? Um, yeah, fair enough. It's not the most normal thing for a young lady to be posting on their story. But you know what? I had fun doing it. I remember on the Rosa Tralee, uh, the open day. So I applied for the Rosa Tralee. I went to the Dublin Rose. Uh, selection I wasn't picked but it was one of the best experiences for me like it boosted my confidence it surrounded me surrounded me with such a supportive group of friends that I still have today um I I met so many women that support each other um I was used to like groups of women and a lot of them would tear each other down and this isn't somewhere that I would like to continue to plonk myself in because that's not good for my mental health. It's not good for their mental health. As young ladies, I think we should all lift each other up. And when I was in the Dublin selection, I was surrounded by such a wonderful group of ladies that I am actually privileged to call my friends. Um, they supported you, they listened to your ideas, they gave you really helpful insights and we lifted each other up and we still lift each other up. Um, it doesn't matter what part we are in our lives, it doesn't matter what situation we find ourselves in, if we come to, um, if we show up and we put a problem on the table, we solve it as a, as a group, which is it's just amazing and like I've actually brought other friends in to meet with these ladies and they treat them as if they're their friends and it's so empowering and it kind of showed me what I was missing like I do have really close friends from from past groups in my life but it's always been like an isolated friend if that makes sense rather than groups of women I don't know why this is the case, but maybe it's because I feel like I don't fit in with girls like I grew up being a tomboy. So maybe that's another core belief that I would need to go back and work on. But the Rose sisters is what we call each other. Like we have definitely like come so far in a way that like it has constantly challenged that belief that, oh, I'm the weirdo. I don't fit in or oh no, girls don't like me, or, because, again, this stems from me not being the most normal child, I was a tomboy, I did like video games, I liked playing football, and playing manhunt, and just being me, um, I hated pink, I kind of only started wearing makeup at maybe 16, 17, um, and I only started wearing dresses when I went to Wes, <laughs> the famous Wes. It's a teenage disco for those who aren't from Dublin. Um, 
but these women make me feel empowered by just being myself and like for example um I mentioned Sophie for her running in a previous podcast but she sent me a card saying what you're doing is so inspiring you're helping so many people and that I'm just doing a really good job like she went out of her way to post a card to my house to tell me that I was doing a wonderful job I think that what I'm trying to get at is the group of people that you surround yourself with um I think has a huge impact um when you're trying to work on your core beliefs you should look at the people and are they supporting the negative version of this core belief that you have on your like about yourself or are they encouraging you to work on the positive replacement core belief that you're putting in go back to my example I'm stupid am I surrounding myself with people that are recognizing my mistakes constantly am I surrounding myself with people that don't acknowledge my achievements am I surrounding myself with people that are quick to criticism but very slow to give praise if that's the case that's going to reinforce that negative core belief that I have so how are we going to change I did notice a difference when I started surrounding myself with a supportive group of friends but I also noticed a big difference when I started putting these affirmations and these challenged core beliefs on my bedroom mirror or on sticky notes on my desk. I even have them on the visor of my car, um, on my screensaver, like just having them in little places where I will see them regularly. I may not pay that much attention to them, but again, it goes back to that old quote that I, I swear by, if you hear something enough, you begin to believe it. And that is the case. Like if you're constantly telling yourself that you're the worst in the world, you're going to believe that you're the worst in the world. But like, although it might feel uncomfortable and you say that I'm actually not a bad person. Like I'm actually, I'm actually all right. You know what? Like I'm like, I'm a good person. I look good today. Like I'm, I'm all right. Like, and like, even still that feels a bit awkward for me, but I'm a hell of a lot further than I was a couple of years ago. Now I could, go on and talk about parent and child modes all day but I don't think either of us would would really appreciate a 10 hour long podcast but um, I'm sure that I'll touch on this going forwards anyway but when you're growing up and when you're a child you are conditioned to a certain atmosphere to a certain emotive feeling to a certain environment and this becomes our norm So if you grow up in a very stressful environment, that's where you feel like home. If you grow up in a very accepting and loving environment, that's what feels normal to you. If you grow up in a relationship where you're actively seeking love and not receiving love, and you have to kind of fight for affection, you will carry that into your adult relationships. However, if you grow up in a very loving environment where the love you receive is not conditional the love you receive has no bounds that's what you will expect from your relationships in your adult's life so a lot of us kind of need to look at okay no fault to to the people I was surrounded with but what was my baseline what is it that I'm used to did you receive constant love from both your parents if not 
okay, there's no point in in dwelling on it. There's no point in going, okay, I am going to shame them. I'm going to blame them for my adult relationships. Because at the moment, if you're a grown adult, you are responsible for your happiness. And that's something that I really struggled to accept at the start. I'm like, oh, why did all of this happen to me? Why? What did I do to deserve X, Y, and Z? And that almost prolonged the pain. It prolonged the the burden that I carried with myself. Um, so now I have to look, okay, this is my particular baseline. This is the baseline that we're used to. So what would it feel like to have a perfect baseline for me? Or what would it feel like if my ideal relationship with my family actually happened? okay, sit with the visualisation of what that would feel like. Or I would go back into situations where I feel like I didn't get the love that I really needed in that situation. So I visualise that event. I visualise that moment in my life. And maybe the five-year-old, six-year-old, ten-year-old version of me. And what did that person, that child need? Then I would imagine myself as I am now, a grown woman, going back in and standing beside that little version of myself in that memory. I would focus on what I could hear, smell, taste, see, touch. And then I would stand behind that little version of me and give that smaller version the love, the protection, the kindness that she wished she had in that situation. I would stand up to the person that made her feel uncomfortable. I would challenge them and tell them to get the boat if need if needs be and I would protect her and then I would leave that situation and then anytime I would rethink of that memory I would remember that oh I did get that love and that protection that I needed and I would go back and I would challenge this now I have a collection of these memories that I need to go back into and I started with the easy ones for some of the bigger the bigger memories that you might not necessarily want to remember um i would recommend doing this type of work with a therapist because it can be triggering especially if you have a box and you put those memories in a box and you don't open them again and that box is sitting bubbling up and you notice that you're triggered in your day-to-day life an example where this shows up for me is we'll stick with the dyslexia one so say i put a lot of work into a post or I put a lot of work into writing about distress tolerance at the moment and I have spent two hours making this this uh post for Instagram and I'm like okay right and I post it up and someone comments being like oh you spelled this wrong you spelled this wrong oh your grammar your grammar isn't great although I really do appreciate them coming to me and saying that because I can amend it it does trigger that child saying oh you're just stupid how did you not realize that you're not good enough oh you you spent two hours on this and you're still stupid I have to go hang on one second okay right Aoife would you talk to your little sister that way no would you talk to your friend that way no then why the hell are you talking to yourself that way? Okay, what would you say to that person? If you're not stupid, you made a mistake. We all make mistakes and that's okay. 
Look at the amount of effort that you put in. Look at the amount of people that you're helping. Be kind to yourself. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay that you're not perfect at your spelling and you're not perfect at your grammar. That is not your strong suit. A fish and an elephant are not the same. A fish cannot lift the same as an elephant, but an elephant can't swim to the same capacity as a fish. So stop comparing yourself. I might not be the best speller. I might not be the best at English. However, I do have a kind heart and my intentions are pure. And as long as I remember this and I act out of kindness, I am always good enough. If I'm honest with you guys, I still struggle to believe these things at times. But I show up anyway, because I know that being my own cheerleader will get me further in life than being my own bully. I'm tired of having the bully come first. I'm now working on myself to try and have that inner dialogue, be my cheerleader and work with me rather than against me. Because the only person that's going to really know about that dialogue is myself. The only person that's going to benefit from that dialogue dialogue, or be pulled down from that dialogue is myself. So I have a choice. I can continue on and being a bully or I can lift myself up. And having that positive inner dialogue doesn't make me selfish, doesn't make me cocky, doesn't make me full of myself. These are all things that I struggle with because I think, oh, if you believe in yourself, people are going to think that you're full of it. They're going to think that you're cocky and that's not desirable. That's not lovable. That's not nice. When loving yourself is not selfish. So for the next few days, I'm going to challenge you to listen to your inner dialogue. Just pay attention to how you talk to yourself. Are you being the bully or are you being the cheerleader? And if you are the bully in your head, can you maybe try stand up for it yourself? Can you maybe challenge that negative critic? I understand it's not going to be comfortable and I understand it's not going to be normal for you and it's going to feel a bit strange at the start. But everything new feels strange at the start so next time you hear that bully pipe up in your head tell it to get the boat tell it to to go on sabbatical and try and rephrase what you were saying in a way that's more compassionate towards yourself that's more loving that's a way that you would be proud if you were talking to a friend or a family member maybe think of it why that bully has piped up in the first place where did that voice come from has someone in your past constantly ridiculed you in this way think about how you would challenge them I know this is a scary thought but baby steps a lot of baby steps turns into giant strides so you don't really need to make huge colossal changes in your life Just constantly making little adjustments, little movements um, gets you to a place where you look back and you're like, oh my God, look at how far I've come. And I'm really excited for that moment to happen for you because I never in a million years thought 
that it would happen for me. And look at me, here I am. (laughs) So I just want to say thanks so much for tuning in again. I really appreciate your constant support. And yeah, I look forward to recording a few more podcasts for you. Have a lovely day. And I'm going to leave you on this last thought. What are you grateful for today? Can you list three things? Maybe scribble them down on a post-it or start your gratitude journal. Even write them in the notes in your phone. I hope you have a lovely day. Thanks again. Bye.